We are recording. Man, Todd Millie. <laughs> what they do to you, man? Um. So I got an email about like a tweet. I got an email like a long time ago, and it was um, regarding like some copyright protection. And like, I didn't really think too much of it. I think like they had actually deleted the content. So I figured like the content's deleted, like it shouldn't be a problem. And I kept getting these like stupid emails because basically you have somebody out there who has like these like stuff that they've created, like certain copyrights. And they want to try to extort money out of people. So, like these firms, they'll they'll do searches for people on the internet who have like reposted their stuff or used their picture, and then they'll try to like get money out of that person. And so, um, I've had that experience before on a blog. I posted like a blog, and I used a picture that I got off of Google, and some law firm was like, "Hey." You can't do this. And so as you grow in business, and this is why I tell people like avoiding lawsuits is stupid. It's like, those are just the problems that come when you grow. I'm, I'm big enough that it makes sense for them to come at me. They're like, Oh, tie capital. Let's, let's try to get some money out of them. So I lost the Twitter account, created a new one. It sucks, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy with what I have because my old Twitter account was 10 years old. Um, it was just a lot of nonsense, a lot of old drama, a lot of mutes, a lot of blocks. And it's like, I kind of want that, the ability to start fresh. I just had a new birthday. I just had a birthday recently. So I'm like, you know, let me just, let's just do something different. Let's not be on here arguing and trying to prove a point all the time. Let people have their say and just go my separate way. I'm 33 now. But what happens if when they unsuspend it, or if they unsuspend it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to that account. But All right. it just it seemed like a hassle. I've been trying to get them to unsuspend it. I've been like emailing back and forth, getting canned emails where it's just like an instant autoresponder that says, "Hey, we suspended your account because of this stupid tweet." And like, bro, like, not only is that tweet like deleted, but I didn't make any money. It was like. If you look at the tweet, it was really stupid. It was like some rap video that somebody posted. You know, people post stuff like that on Instagram all the time. It was like, oh, this is an old school Jay-Z when he was rapping like this. And I probably like reposted it. Probably wasn't even like an original tweet. Actually, I know it wasn't an original tweet. That's why like in the list of the people that they suspended, like they had a whole bunch of like, like stuff. My tweet was just one of the many people that got suspended. So it is what it is, man. Oh well. It's well, a big money grab. Tweet talk twelve. It's lit. And we in here. Twelve twelve for Tom Brady. Raphael. We are the source. Most definitely, man. Oh, definitely. Never forget that you are the source. Yeah, it's not about the platform, it's about you. 100%. You
you are the source. I think people get wrapped up in that too much. Like they're looking for the hardest thing, the hardest new thing all the time, running from this thing to that thing. When yep. it's really yep. about you and what you bring to the table. Right. It's so funny, like I made that point in a in a, a tweet that or a blog I wrote. I was like, I've been doing this, man. I just I just leverage whatever technology and platform that I can leverage at that moment. I was using Facebook when it was hot. We were creating like Facebook event pages. We were creating MySpace event pages. We were doing stuff on like whatever platform we could get access to. We were doing so. Getting some feedback though. Getting an echo. All right, hold on. Let me see. That's why I use headphones. I don't want speaker to reflect back into the microphone. Those who listening don't know, my man Todd Millionaire here got his Twitter account suspended. So you can follow him now at Todd Millie, T-O-D-D-M-I-L-L-I, at Todd Millie. Drink that. Drink Got that water. My Instagram is not dead. Just the Twitter for now. Yeah, still going strong on the uh, Instagram at Todd Millionaire at Todd Investments at Bless a Black Man. Tomorrow is Bless a Black Man Friday, so make sure you bless a black man. Whatever you, whatever you, the cast that you have, make sure that you bless a black man. Um, I'm, I'm super passionate about that because I've just seen the condition of our people. And if we walk past them, like, who are we to complain about all the slights and injustices if we're not, if we're not actively trying to counteract what other people are trying to enforce upon us? Like, that's the craziest thing to me is, like, we're willing to complain about stuff but not solve the issue. So, bless a black man. I, it's so crazy. I'm, like, I'm so pro-blessing black men that I saw a homeless African-American lady and I was like, I'm not giving you no money. All my resources, all my resources have to be used in improving the condition of black men. Because as you improve the condition of black men, you also improve the condition of black women. As a man improves his life, the first thing he gets is a woman. When a woman improves her life, the first thing she does is go on vacation. And so we gotta save black men. A lot of people will say, oh, as you, if you save the woman, you save the community. And I disagree with that statement because if that was true, then the black community would be thriving. Unfortunately, we have a lot of very successful black women and the community is like in dead last. Um, you got it. And, and I'm not even, I'm not even like saying that you can't build up both, but we got to We can't build up one without the other. You can't say, Oh, black girl magic and just neglecting black men. Like, it's, it's, there's two people that are required to make a relationship happen, required to build a family. It's, it's, I'm very passionate about that. Like, if it takes two people to make one, you literally cannot make a child without two people. Why do you think it doesn't take two people to raise one? Why all of a sudden you get this revelation? It's like, oh, I don't need no man. I'm this, I'm that. Like, no, actually, you do. 
what you're going to do is you're going to replace that black man with a lot of other things. They can't fully replace it because you can't replace a black man with just money. But they'll try to. And I put out that tweet a while back where I was like, the problem with only valuing men with the money they bring in is then your parents can step in and they can throw some money at it and you can say, oh, well, I'm good. My kids are good. Like, no, your kids need more than just the, the just cash. Money alone does not raise great children. They need the presence of a father. They need the presence of a mother. They need the presence of both. So I'm very passionate about that. I think we've forgotten that over the time, over the last years. And we've started to think that people can just, uh, a strong, independent black woman can raise uh, multiple people. And we saw this quote. Somebody said that it used to be like strong man and a pretty woman. Now it's a pretty woman and a strong man. And I was like, well, why do you think that happened? Because we went through a whole big era of everybody being raised by strong women. And so what that created was men who were coddled because they didn't have a man to throw them into the fire and women who were strong because that's what they saw. I think that that system is is imbalanced and we gotta, we gotta recognize that it's imbalanced and then do the work to actually change that. What are your thoughts on that, Ralph? I definitely agree with you. All over social media, all they talk about is background magic, background magic. And you see black women are doing big things. Like you keep hearing about black women are the number one in the country for starting businesses. And I even, I went to an event to watch a, um, this film called She Did That. Mm-hmm. They actually uh, launched, they actually uh, launched their order. They launched worldwide, like, I think it was on your birthday or the day before. No, the day before your birthday. You could find them on Amazon and other places called She Did That Film. And it was all about black women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty good film. I recommend it. But I was sitting there like, man, like, it's more the same. Like, just pushing black women, black women, black women. This is cool. And we support them. But kind of like began left out in the cold. Right. One one of the yeah. things that's very interesting is that in a lot of instances, black people have been used to their own demise. So we don't realize it, but we often push the agendas that fail us. I saw this amazing quote where it said that a good salesperson can convince somebody to do what they want them to do, even if it's at their disadvantage or something along those lines. And what I've realized is this, when you go to war, you don't kill the women and the children, you kill the men. So everything else falls in line, yeah, okay. Everything else falls in line. Back in in the days of like the Spartans, they killed the men because the thing is, is no matter how strong a woman is, she still pales in comparison to the strength of a man. You can tell that by the NBA versus the WNBA. We are out here playing with a WNBA team and everybody else is playing with NBA teams. And we think we're winning just because we won a few WNBA championships. And so my problem is this, it's like we push women because it's not threatening. It's not, it's not a competition. And so a woman can win and you could say, oh yeah, she's winning. And it's not threatening. It's not threatening to people in their egos. It's also not threatening to other communities. If you have strong black men 
they tend to go and take what they want. And that includes what Asian people have, what Jewish people have, what white people have, what Hispanic people have. And so they would rather have a community of strong women, quote, strong, as opposed to strong men, because strong men take over countries. Strong men dominate and create. That's why you see people like us dominating and creating. We are dominating. We're creating. We're creating these organizations that thrive. And so I just, I just think that in a lot of ways, people are misguided and they feel like, oh, yeah, strong women this, strong women that. And I'm like, well, how has that played out for you? Like, I'm a big proponent of let's look at the results. So we have a community that's promoted women, pushed up women, propped up women. But our community is every single black community across the board is in shambles. Name one that's not. But we got some strong women, and that's because you you maybe maybe it's this maybe you you can't just have strong women maybe you need both strong women and strong men and that's what I'm saying like we have a community where we support women we promote women we help them get to the top but men have to do it themselves they have to figure out themselves and so what I realize is it's my responsibility to be the support system that black men should have because if black men have that support system they're not out there at 18, 19, 20, robbing old folks and making the dash because they want to get some nice stuff. And that's what a lot of people do. They make, they commit crimes that are money focused. They're not out there doing things like everything that they do is money oriented. They're robbing people. They are creating scams. They're doing all these things to get money to buy stuff. So if we give them resources, they don't have to do those ignorant things. Therefore, they can do lucrative things. Therefore, they're not getting sent to jail. So I just, I feel like it's, it's my responsibility. I'm not here to say, oh, there shouldn't be black women organizations. There should. It's just my responsibility to create that black man organization. And so that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying, um, black women have been kind of, have been forced to be strong for a long time already. So it's, this is not exactly something new. And where has it gotten us really as a whole? I mean, who are they going to marry? And it's kind of like uh, Dr. Amos Wilson. I think he wrote what? Did, what? Did, what was the name of that book he wrote? Blueprint for Black Power. I forget the name of the last one he wrote. But he, I saw a video one time. He was talking about one of the reasons a lot of these black men abandon these women with these kids is that deep down they know that they can't take care of them. They can't, they can't take care of them properly, financially speaking. And they know that deep down and they, and that's part of the reason why they leave. It's not the only reason why they leave, but it's part of it. I feel like, I feel like I hear what you're saying and it's unfortunate that a man feels like, like that the only value that he brings into that family is to necessarily provide. And I'll tell you why I feel like that's, unfortunate it's unfortunate because feminism created an environment that create that requires two incomes to really sustain itself and so the problem is that now we have this 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 environment where the black man alone can't lift the whole household just because things cost more in california rent on a two-bedroom apartment is like two grand, if not more. The average African-American person makes about 30 grand a year. 
Therefore, if you're making 30 grand a year, probably bringing in like 2000 a month, how are you going to take care of some kids off of that? And so what happens is a lot of times if a woman has to work, she makes it seem like, like, like you're not a man. Like, oh, I got to go do these things. I got to go work. I'm supposed to be staying at home. I'm supposed to be a housewife. But the world that feminism created, created a world that factors in to incomes. So everything costs more, at least in California, in Texas, in Georgia. There's states out there that you can live off of one income, but California is not one of them. And so I feel like the idea that the only value that you bring to the relationship is if you pay for everything is what has created a, a large rift. We bring more value than just the money that we bring into the household. Back in the day, providing wasn't how much money you make. Providing was, can you go kill that, that tiger? Can you go kill that elephant and bring home some food for the house? That was what providing was. Providing was, can you build a shelter with your hands? Providing was how much money, how much fake money, how much of this made up stuff, this paper, can you bring into the household? Oh, and don't forget that you don't own any of the businesses. Don't forget that they're not really hiring you like that. And so you've created this system, like Umar Johnson says, where you've been economically disenfranchised through systematic systems that now create an environment where you are economically obsolete. The problem with that is now you can, through economics, destroy the black family. What a lot of people don't realize is that after they got rid of just dividing people by race, they started doing it by class, they started doing it by wealth. There's a reason why the best schools cost money to get into because they said, hey, uh, if we have to desegregate these private schools or these public schools, let's just create private schools wherein we can prevent you from getting in because you can't pay the thousand dollars a month to get into the school. And then we just got to make sure that your wages aren't enough for you to get into the school. And so what people don't realize is that economics replaced race. And the thing is your goal shouldn't be to get money to then get into their system because that's just a new form of integration. At that point in time, you're basically just, all they're going to do is move the goalposts on you. And that's one thing I've talked about a lot of times is like, they just move the goalposts on you. Oh, now it's not race. Oh, well now it's not race based. It's because you can't afford to live in this community. And so like there's communities in Orange County where like you literally can't get into the community unless you pay. My thing is fuck them and their community. We can create our own that's just as good and just as lucrative and just as clean and just as safe. But we got to be conscious of that. And we can't be out here putting them on a pedestal. We got to put ourselves on a pedestal, but we also got to hold ourselves to a higher standard. We got to treat each other with more respect. We got to make sure that our communities are clean. We got to make sure that our kids are learning what they should be learning. But the problem is people that have put them on a pedestal so much that they've prevented themselves from actually like improving themselves. And that's what freshes me so much. So I, I would just say that, and I, I'm very passionate about this, but the thing is, is I've, I've read a lot. I know a lot of what I'm talking about. So I'm not just, just like parroting the common narrative. I'm not just parroting what Tone Talks told me to say. Economics is the wealth gap because it created the race gap, which means in certain instances, like that's why I'm not really even so much pro ownership for the money aspect as much as it's for the control aspect. I want to control whether I can afford to put a roof on my head. Like I don't, I don't want somebody to just on a whim say, you know what, you're fired, Charles, you're homeless. I want to be able to control whether I'm homeless or not. Not you. It's not even about getting rich so I can buy stuff. It's about being able to control things 
and being able to have the power to have the say so about whether I can exist on this planet. Yeah, I hear that about um, power over your own life. And to what you were saying to before, um, in a way we got we have an advantage if you're living in if you're living in the hood, you have a little bit you have a somewhat of an advantage because the houses are cheaper. So you can you can improve your neighborhood and get your economics up at the same time. The one one can stay in lockstep with the other. You improve both of them at the same time and you get to start well with cheaper houses. So like like you don't have to start off with a hundred K to get started. Or two fifty. You can start where you are. Improve your, in, your neighborhood, improve your, your income all at the same time. Build businesses, build your community all at the same time. There's, there's an economic value on your labor. A lot of people talk about slaves and they talk about like slavery. But like slavery wasn't like black folks giving the slaves money. It was black folks giving the slave, giving the slave owners their labor, which means that you can use their same labor to go mow a motherfucking lawn. You can use your same labor to go buy deciding for a house and make your your house look better the problem is these folks are lazy man but they want all the greatness that world that the world has to give you and that's what i tell people like you gotta work like when i was saying a man not being able to kind of provide for a family a lot of y'all ain't working every single day of the week a lot of y'all ain't working 12 13 14 15 16 hours a day you gotta do whatever it takes so a part of what i have to say is a challenge to the men to do whatever it takes not just to say, oh, I work 40 hours and they ain't paying me enough. Well, brother, work 80 hours because I guarantee you work those 80 hours. You're only going to have to do it for a year, two years, three years before you start stepping into promotions, before you start stepping into extra increases, before you start stepping into new business opportunities. So I, I talk a lot about that stuff, but a lot of it comes down to are you willing to hustle? And most folks just ain't willing to hustle. They just want to complain. Let's take a quick break. This is Elwood of Mindset Matters Tees. We offer merchandise with quotes that help shape your mindset. You can find us at www.mindsetmatterstees.com. Let's get to these tweets, man. Yeah. So you said, I'm not good at working for money anymore. I am good at being a visionary and directing the actions that generate money, though. Right. Um, I, I really take to heart as I get older and as I do more in business, that quote that the rich don't work for money. The book says that the rich don't work for money, but they still get money. And so what I'm realizing is like when I was younger, I felt like I had to do all the work. I had to execute on all the projects. I had to make it happen. And I have the ability to do that. But now I have so many things going that I literally cannot do it all. And so it's like we're rehabbing homes. We're finishing up a rehab on homes. We're managing properties. We're maintaining properties. We're putting a barbershop on the road. We are buying in, in HBC communities, I do a lot. And the crazy part about it is that first, this was just a thought. 
I remember when I was on Twitter just talking about these ideas and now we really do this shit. But what I realized is, um, cause what I did is I, I brought in a VA. Um, and so what she has been doing is she's been running the Instagram. Like, I'm not sure if you guys can tell, but the Instagram looks a little bit different, but it's similar concepts, but she has been really elevating a lot of what I'm doing. And I told her, I was like, I just need you to, to promote the sales of the Todd Capital organization. And now that I have her managing sales and managing the VA side of things, we've been bringing in LLC clients left and right, bringing in consulting clients left and right. We're, I'm able to kind of step back and start creating more webinars and anything that I, I put my mind to, I can pretty much create. And then she runs with it and she executes. But I realized like when you start a business, the business should not be a job. The business should be an idea that you then put a system in place that then runs itself. And so what we do is we push everything through, um, through like either Gumroad or I, I task it out to her and I still make money. In fact, I probably make more money. But what I realized is like, that is what it's about. You cannot attach the money that you make to the effort that you're putting out. You cannot attach the money that you make to the work. If you want to get rich, you have to be able to make money outside of your effort. If the only money that you make is based on your efforts, you cannot get rich. But the cool thing is I'm still able to pay other people while I'm making money. And so, for example, we closed a few LLCs where she did the marketing and she also did the fulfillment. So what did I get paid to do? I got paid to do nothing. I literally just created the idea. So she runs the ads. She responds to the DMs. She interacts with the customer. She gets their information. She takes care of the, the fulfillment. And I just make money in the middle. That is what getting rich is all about. And that's where I need all my businesses to be. And so the goal is to create margins that allow for that. So I have to charge more for stuff. I can't, I can't price it as though I'm doing the work. I got to price it as though I'm making a margin off the work. And that's just where I am in business. But that's like, uh, that's, that is the byproduct of putting in the work and hustling and giving out stuff for free and creating a footprint and creating a brand and creating awareness. That's what you have to do. You have to create the brand. We've created a brand where when you see yellow and black, you know what it is. When you see um, the word Todd, you know what it means. And that's where I am. You got to create the brand. But what I'm realizing is the more people that I bring on, the bigger I grow. Most black businesses lack scale. Most black businesses lack employees. I don't want to be like most black businesses. That is not my goal. My goal is not to be the average black anything. I always aspire to the sur surpass that mark because the, the numbers are low. The stats are low. Anything that's average and black is usually whack. I'm trying to, sur sur I don't want to be the average and black, man. They're talking about, oh, the average black person has less than a thousand dollars saved. I don't, I don't want to be average and black. Do not apply me to average and black. Okay. So that's all I'm saying. I'm learning that I have to create ideas and then use those ideas to create money, put people in place, put systems in place, price it in a way that I can step away and still get paid. Yeah. Or average anything at all. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of related to another two you had employees or assets. They really are. And I was listening and to, also, hmm? I was, I was listening to a, um, I was listening to, a Alexa skill and they were talking about this company that that cash flows $500,000 per employee and they pay their employees $110,000 and I was like I've never looked at it like that 
we always talk about, oh, real estate this, real estate that. Oh, buying stocks this, buying stocks that. I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where I got to be more sophisticated because I don't like the fact that there's people out there on Twitter who have taken my ideas and ran with them, who have taken my ideas and now they're the options guy. Now I'm the real estate guy. Like, bro, like you just stole my shit. And so now I'm realizing I got to be low key with my ideas. I don't want everybody to know what I'm doing. But what I realized is like, there's so many other assets that people aren't tapping into and employees are assets. Honestly, brother, in a lot of ways, employees are slaves. Like they just, they just flipped it on you and they made it seem as though like you're free, but you're really not free, man. You are beholden to these people. They be whipping you. You don't know they're whipping you. They, they be, man, it's just bad. You're people are slaves, man. Start your own business. <laughs> Don't be a little B. Start a little business. <laughs> like I said, make money and buy time. Right. Make money and buy time. That one reminds me of, uh, I wrote a, a blog post a long time ago about um, ways to kind of use your money to like rich people do to buy time, like doing laundry. When I found like drop off, laundry that was like amazing like you drop off your laundry and pay them some money and you don't have to be in the laundromat for two hours yep. you come back it's already folded and everything it's like it's that's amazing why, that's why i stopped cleaning my house and i hired somebody to clean my house i was like if i clean my house it's going to cost me this much money but instead of taking the time to clean the house i can just use that time to like think of other stuff and the crazy part about it is those tasks don't just occupy your mind when you're doing them. They occupy your mind when you're thinking about them. So as you walk past your bath, bath, bathroom and you're like, man, I got to clean this bathroom. That's occupying your mind. That's preventing you from thinking of your next idea, thinking of your plan. And so you're right. You got to stop do, doing low level tasks. Yeah. And we got to touch on this one because let's face it. We want all the smoke. Because Todd Millie wants all the smoke. Uh, so you 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 posted a, a quote from I believe this guy's name was Julian Gordon Gordon on somebody else's. I think he was talking to Boyce Watkins and he said if you don't own your own home, then you're homeless. And that one got some reaction online, didn't it? It did, man. But you know what's crazy is in California, I'm actually renting. So I don't own my home in California. My parents own their home. My parents have owned their own home for the past, as long as I've known. And so like people will see me say some crazy stuff, but they don't realize like, I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to me. Like I'm insulting myself. Like I am that hard on myself. If you think I'm hard on you, I'm hard on myself. Everything that I tweet is not about y'all. It just happens to be tweeted into the, into the ethos. And so people can hit, hit dogs or holler. And so when he right. said that, I was like, that's deep, man. Like, he's 100% right. And I kind of wanted my wife to hear it because my wife is one of the <laughs> like, like, she's one of the people who, when I talk about people who want to, like, rent that, that nice place instead of owning what they can afford, she's one of those people. And so people will look at me and they'll say, like, oh, you're a hypocrite. I'm like, no, I just got a light-skinned wife, and so I got to please both sides. And that's why I still invest in real estate, but I know that – I have to kind of, I got to please her and then also accomplish my goals. And then hopefully one day she'll see the light. And so I understand, I mean, we live in a great area and I love living here. 
Um, but I still think it's, it's a waste. But I, I just said, like when he said that, it resonated with me. I'd never heard anybody say that, but I was so happy. The reason why I watched that video is because it was talking about the Grant Cardone thing. And I'm very anti that Grant Cardone comment because I tell people like a lot of Grant Cardone advice ain't for you, brother. It might be for, for Johnny. It might be for Todd or Timmy. That ain't for you, man. We need ownership for the reasons that I said earlier. I do not want some random person to say, oh, your rents are now double. So you can either stay or you can leave. Or, oh, we decided that we're going to do this. So you can either stay or you can leave. Like, I don't, I don't want that over my head. And as black people, we got to be more conscious about the moves we make and the advices that we take. Because Grant Cardone advice, it's, it's also a sales pitch in a way. And so I just love that the, I was I was kind of skeptical when I listened to it because I wanted to see what he was going to say. I, I, I definitely anything voice Watkins post I'm listening to. I'm a very big voice Watkins fan. When I found out about voice Watkins, I was like, this guy's brilliant. Um, he has a finance PhD. So I think we kind of resonate on that level. He's very um, conservative and accountability minded. Same with Eric Thomas. But I was really con- I wanted to know what they were going to talk about in regards to owning your own home. And that's kind of the post that he made. He was like, we all get out here. And he's like, you don't own that apartment. That that your landlord could just say, hey, you got to leave. You don't own that unit that you're renting. Your landlord could say, you got to leave. So as black folks, we got to take a more empowering stance and not just an economic stance. So many of us are only like, oh, well, a house ain't an asset. So I'm just going to rent. Well, what do you think renting is? If a house ain't an asset, what is renting? That means you, you ain't even getting, you don't get nothing. And right. so, like, that's, it's so crazy because people will justify all these things that are ignorant. And I'm at a point now where it's like, I don't even want to talk to y'all. I just want to, like, do me. Sometimes I wish I could just do me. I didn't post so much on the Internet. And I had all these negative people who don't know anything coming at mm-hmm. me talking shit. Because somebody made a comment. They're talking, well, you don't own it if there's property taxes. I'm like, oh, boy. Like, everybody pays property taxes. You cannot avoid property tax. You cannot avoid income taxes. You cannot af- uh, avoid estate tax. You cannot avoid any of these taxes. So it's like, I'm just really, really tired of people who complain about injustice and then aren't willing to do the things that allow them to have justice. I'm tired of the people who complain about the wealth gap, but then also don't want to start a business or also who don't want to invest. They just want these things to kind of disappear and then not have to do anything. Right. So that's that's kind of where I was with that. I just it was a hard hitting truth, and it's true. It's like you basically are homeless. It's not that you don't have a roof, but you should. He he was he was saying it's like we know you have a home, but you should approach it as though you are homeless. You should be out because he, he didn't want people to be comfortable. He doesn't want you to be comfortable paying somebody rent, paying your landlord's bills, putting their kids through school, because. I'll tell you, as a landlord, it is very advantageous to have people just paying me for nothing. People literally just pay us just to exist. And I was like, damn. Speaking of, I got to write a letter to this. Tim, they really pissing me off. I need to check and see if she pay. I should check right now. Some tenants, some tenants pay late. But seriously, like, these tenants have done so much, they're about to buy us another house. We're going to rent that house up to somebody else. So... I mean, people could get mad, but I'm at a point now where it's like, I'd rather you get mad and me tell you the truth than me lie to you and then you just sit on the park bench and, and you're content and you're comfortable and you're happy. Like, F your happiness. And my family, we tell you the truth, even if he pisses you off, because sometimes you got to piss some people off in order for them to get, get to move. Right. Right, man. 
That's what you need sometimes, man. That's, some, that's, that's what you need sometimes. To somebody tell you something that will piss you off and make you do what's best for you. And let me just ask you real quick. Um, I know you got a new webinar you're doing about creating an investment group. Tell us about that a little, for a little bit. Man, I had to create this webinar because I kept getting so many people who were asking me to teach them how to create a, an investment group. And I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I should get paid for this. Like mm -hmm. the, it, creating an investment group is lucrative. And I, just, I don't like people who want me to give them the game. I don't know them from, from anybody. And, and they're like, they don't want to pay me because I didn't get this knowledge for free. I paid for this knowledge. I paid for the finance knowledge. I paid for the MBA. I paid for the law degree. All those things help this thing go forward. People want me to kind of give it away for free. So anyway, we created a webinar and teach people how to invest in the groups. I always say that business and investing are team sports. It works. It is actually like a superpower. You can literally do anything that you want. Whatever you want can be accomplished with a team. Whatever you want. Not just the convenient things, not just the easy things. No, whatever you want. Like you want to end systematic oppression, race and creative on the fucking team. You want to end homelessness, create a team. So I just, I, I put together this webinar to help people learn how to invest in a club through real estate, stocks, businesses, venture, anything you want can be accomplished through a team. And I'm going to show you how to set it up legally through either an LLP an LLC. I'll show you the software that we use to manage it also show you how we do things systematically through conference calls and um, group chats and things like that. Pretty much everything that you need, it's group investing in a box. And you can find that, the details for that on www.gumroad.com slash Todd Capital. It's lit. Yep, 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 yep. You said... Um, I can never win the game of Monopoly unless I roll the dice and buy houses. You know what's funny is I get scared, man. Sometimes when it comes to buying houses, I get scared. Um, I don't know why I get scared, but I do. So, for example, when we bought this to Healing House, it was a great deal. The numbers made sense. And somebody was like, let's buy it. They sent the money, we bought it. And so we've been sitting on this triplex deal, finally got into a situation where we can do it. We've been sitting on this rehab, finally got into a position where we could do it. But like, I've just been kind of like nervous to pull the trigger. And so the roll the dice aspect is like taking the risk. Are you going to actually engage in risk? Cause you never know what's going to happen when you throw the dice. You never know, but you still got to throw them. But a lot of us, we will only want to roll the dice if we know a seven is going to come up or if we know 11 is going to come up. But I had to, I had to, as much as I talk online and, as much as I share, as much as I read, I still get nervous. I still get scared when it comes to this. But I had to remind myself, you got to roll, roll the dice. And also, I had to remind myself that you got to buy houses. I, was, I put out this tweet, and it was talking about how investing long distance allows you to see the game of it. Because I'm not looking at what color this house is or what the inside looks like. I, my only concern is how much does it cost and does the rent come in? And so for me, 
it's not all the individual things that have to do with the house. I'm literally playing the game of Monopoly because I play. I, I invest in real estate how I invest in Monopoly. I just buy it all. I do not discriminate. I'm like, if it's rentable and it's going to cash flow, I need that. I'm not over here like, oh, well, you know, it's not on the right block. Oh, well, it's not in the right neighborhood. I'm like, but is it cash flow? Are they going to pay me every month? Like, that's my only concern. And that's, it's kind of just one thing I realize is when you invest long distance, you're not over here having to drive to the property every other week. I'm not having to interact with the clients. Most of the tenants, I've never seen them in person. Most of their homes, I've never walked in. Like, we're literally, like, in the Stahelian house, I've literally never been inside the house, but they pay us rent every month on time. That is what ownership is about, and that's what I realized. Like, you don't got to know it as deeply as you know your job. You just got to know that I put this money over here, and it pays me. Um, and so it's just kind of teaching me to trust the process. Trust the process, engage in the tasks that allow you to create wealth, as opposed to just creating more jobs. And it's crazy because it's been working. Like, it's so crazy. I look at people and I always tell people like small gaps become big gaps. I still have friends who have never bought a house yet, but we own like several. And now we're on the process of buying a triplex and we're about to rehab another house. We're about to buy more homes at the auction. Like, it's just nuts. So just roll the house, roll the dice, buy houses. And I think, yeah, that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty good point to start wrapping it up for tonight. Uh, by the way, anybody who listened to this who might be in New Jersey, I know recently there's been news that they're, um, they're about to launch a, a land bank in New Jersey, or at least in Newark and I think Camden and a couple other cities. Wow. So you might want to look into that. Um, I know uh, a guy I met at a, at a, um, this event. I've been talking to him for the past week or, week or two. He's been texting me, asking me, I'm like, uh, my, I'm not even sure why he's asking my opinion, but he's been asking my opinion on what I think about this, what I think about that. And he passed on to me that there's going to be some information sessions next week in North New Jersey about launching this new land bank. So How far are you from there? I'm, I'm in Newark. Oh, really? So it's actually, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually. I thought, I thought you were in New York. No, no, no. I mean, I'm in Newark, New Jersey. How far is that from New York? Man, I'm right there. Um, uh, I'm right there, man. That's cool. I'm right there. I've never been, but I really want to go. I got, I got to get to New York. I'm coming out. We're going to do tweet talks in person. Yeah, you got to, man, if you, you, you definitely got to come to New York, man. You definitely got to come to New York. I know you, when you come here and see these buildings and stuff, man, just to see the buildings, you got That's the goal, man. We're trying to, to make. To see the scale of. Trying to make downtown LA look like New York. It's yeah, man, definitely man. come through it. Yeah. Um, I would I would like to tell you guys, thank you for listening. We put a lot of effort into this podcast. Um, Raphael's been doing a good work getting this to you every week. And I feel like the things that we discuss are relevant. I think they're helpful. If you have any questions or if you have any topics you want us to address, you can always contact Raphael or myself. 
Um, let us yes. know that you that you watch or you listen to it. You can do so by leaving us a rating review, leaving us a comment on the Instagram page, which you can follow at what is it? Tweet Talks. Uh, Black Wealth Tweet Talk on Instagram. You've been getting you your DM. followers up, man, too. Yeah, you could DM me or you could email me at ToddCapitalTalk at gmail.com. Uh, follow, hit me up on Twitter, WorkMoneyLife, at WorkMoneyLife. Um, let's see. You can find us on anchor.fm slash tweet talk. You can actually leave us a voice message on there. We're going to have it all in the show notes. Um, definitely give us that feedback and let us know what you like about the show, what you want us to talk about, any possible guests you might want us to bring on. Just reach out, let us know. Yeah! Man, check us out, everyone. Check me out. At Top Millie on Twitter, the new Twitter. We're going to grow this at Top Millie on Instagram. At Blessed Black Man, yeah. at Todd Investments. We have the September meetup going on Tuesday, September 24th in Los Angeles. It's going to be big. We found a great venue. It's super sexy. They have affordable food, which I'm buying all the food. So just come and eat. You got to buy your own drinks, but I'm buying all the food. Um, yeah, I want to see you guys there. We Every time we have a meetup, I come in contact with so many black folks doing dope stuff. They're buying homes in Mississippi. Last time there was a girl there who bought a house in Brooklyn. She bought a house in Inglewood. Now she's looking to buy a house in Compton. There are so many of us doing great things, even locally. The internet is great, but there are so many people that are local that are doing great stuff who just aren't really broadcasting it on the internet. So check us out at the LA Real Estate Meetup. If you're a broker, if you're a wholesaler, if you're a lender, come check us out. We got to get this on the radio. Um, also, like he said, we're having the uh, how to start an investment club webinar. It's going to be next week at some point in time, or maybe even two weeks. We're going to be doing that. You can also stream the other webinars that we just uh, conducted, which is the LLC webinar and the long distance real estate investing webinar. So check that out. And, you know, just, just great things are happening. I'm blessed. I'm whopping in my, in my purpose and we're continuing to give value to the people so that we can elevate our people. Yeah, and um, yeah, definitely get out to these events, these networking events. It's the e it's one of the easiest, if not the easiest, way to find people, especially locally, that are like-minded and doing things you're interested in doing. Get out of your house and meet people. You'll be surprised how many of us are out here doing things, and we could do more if. We meet each other, encourage each other, work together, give each other's tips, introduce us to other people that are doing big things. Get out there. Peace. And we out. <laughs>